0: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings with your host Sam. Well, no, not quite. I'm going to take over for Sam this week. Uh, and uh, my co-host Luke Inman will take over uh, later on this week uh, To uh, while, while, while Sam's in Ireland. I'm not really sure why he's in Ireland. But uh, we'll be manning the ship here uh, for Locked On Vikings at least for the next couple of days. Uh, and today's episode we're going to be talking about something that uh, you know I don't think gets a ton of play uh, pre-draft player visits. Now, I know a lot of people have been talking about who exactly have visited the Vikings on their top 30 visit, but not a lot of people talk about what that might necessarily mean, whether or not a team is actually interested in some of the players that they pick up, whether or not some teams use player visits differently, and what are the rules regarding those top 30 visits. Uh, it's true, for example, that the Vikings get you know 30 visits that they can you know bring players in, Uh, to have, you know, those private interviews and one-on-one FaceTime sessions. But a lot of people don't realize that some of those players that are invited to the Vikings' official Top 30 event don't count against the Vikings' Top 30 visits, because uh, any player that lives within 50 miles, uh, their hometown, their college, or the high school they attended within 50 miles of the actual team headquarters, which is now at Eden Prairie, doesn't count towards the Top 30. And so there's two Uh, of those players. Jack Sishi from uh, from Wisconsin, who's a Wisconsin native, but actually went to uh, Hill-Murray in Maplewood. Uh, and Frank Ragnow from Arkansas, who actually went to Victoria, Minnesota, which a lot of people are already aware of. Um, but because those two are free, they don't actually count towards the Vikings' top 30 visit criteria. That does make it a little bit easier uh, for some teams in Texas or Florida, uh, whether you know, there's a recruiting hotbed or there's a lot of really good schools. But you know that's just kind of how it is. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't mean, for example, that the Vikings got a free visit out of uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, who did come in for the top 30 event. But how often do the Vikings actually draft some of these uh, some of these guys that they have in uh, for their top 30? I mean, the Vikings do meet with a lot of players. A lot of teams meet with a lot of players. Uh, and it's kind of difficult to kind of dis- dissect, you know, whether or not showing up at a pro day, having a private meeting at a pro day, having a discussion at the Combine, having a private meeting at the East-West game, uh, at the Shrine game you know, how much all of that matters. I think people kind of famously remember that Harrison Smith back in 2012 didn't have any contact with the Vikings. The same is kind of true of Eric Kendricks, uh, who uh, who didn't have a, a combine visit with the Vikings or anything else. Uh, so how often do, do players that end up having private workouts with the Vikings end up actually on the roster in some capacity? Uh, we'll go into that in a second, but let's also talk about just real quickly uh, what it means when, it, when a team has a player visit, because I think it's more than just uh, you know signaling interest, because there's no reason that a general manager would want to tell other people uh, that they're interested in the, in the following 30 players. In fact, one of the reasons that you could have a player over for a visit is to have a smokescreen. Uh, some people kind of speculated that that's why the Vikings had Marcus Peters' visit, uh, even though they weren't planning on drafting him. Uh, way back in 2015 when they drafted Trey Wayne's instead. I'm not sure I buy any stories for specific players as to why one player came in and and why another one didn't, but, uh, you know, that's something to consider, that, you know, GMs know that who comes in for a visit is pretty well publicized, and so they may use that to kind of manipulate the thoughts of the other general managers when they're trying to work around the draft board. Um, But there's all sorts of reasons. Uh, You know, teams will double-check injury history. Uh, They'll check criminal history, they'll ask questions to players who, who kind of have unresolved, uh, you know, off-field concerns. I'm uh, seeing that's one reason, for example, that uh, that you'd bring in Marcus Peters, who's famously had off-field concerns, and maybe you want a one-on-one meeting. That also means, if, if you're doing that kind of double check, that also means that the players that are coming in for a visit are still being evaluated, and they may not end up being high on a team's board uh, when all is said and done. Uh, beyond that, you may bring in a player for a visit if you actually want to ask about another player on the roster, now it doesn't seem like the Vikings do that this often. Uh, going over the past four years of, of who's been kind of publicized on a on a visit to the Vikings facility, um, but it is something to consider. You know, they did bring in Shaq Thompson, and I remember uh, you know thinking you know maybe they could be interested in Shaq Thompson, or they could be interested in learning what teammates thought of Marcus Peters, for example. Uh, they they did end up bringing in Marcus Peters, so it's not as if uh, you know they were they were doing something indirect, but it's all sort of a part of the process. There's even speculation that teams might have brought in Marcus Mariota in order to ask about Chip Kelly's offense, uh, which I find kind of silly. But you know that's that's you know one of many reasons that you could have a visit. Uh, there's also uh, you also have to consider that you know teams may not schedule a visit; they can have phone calls, and sometimes Skype calls count as phone calls uh, with prospects. Uh, those don't count towards the top 30 visits. They may be equally interested in a player that they've got on a Skype call. Uh, they get face-to-face screen time with, uh, you know, with a coach, uh, and they could even do whiteboard work over the over the Skype call, and and that might count uh, in the team's eyes as basically a player visit, but it doesn't count officially for the NFL as a player visit. It counts as a phone call. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not really. Uh, a, a good or great approximation of the, of the people that the team really want to do background work on because they're uh, super interested in them. Uh, you know, sometimes there, there's also uh, the story that, you know, sometimes teams will do uh, player visits for players that, you know, they don't really have a good shot of drafting. And, and there's a couple of players... Uh, this year that the Vikings probably don't have a great shot of drafting that have visited the facility um, or at players at positions of need. Uh, you know, maybe they don't really need, uh, for example, another safety. They had Ronnie, Ronnie Harrison uh, in on a, on a private visit. Uh, you know, there's speculation that, you know, maybe four or five years down the road, those are the kinds of players that they'll be interested in in free agency. Uh, and they kind of want to have everything on file so that four years down the road, they've got, you know, all the information that they need. I'm not quite sure that that's uh, you know a great reason to to spend a top 30 visit but you know maybe if you're a team in Miami Reed, where you don't have to worry about uh, you know wasting a bunch of top 30 visits because you can have a bunch of visits for free essentially because of how many kids are recruited out of the South Florida area you know maybe that's a little bit easier for you I think for the Vikings that's probably not true uh, but that said how often do the Vikings bring in players? Uh, on top 30 visits and then subsequently end up adding them to the roster either through the draft or undrafted free agency. It it turns out fairly often. um, If you consider that they've only brought in, you know, say 30 players and then some, uh, the number of players that they end up drafting from that pool uh, is pretty high kind of relative to the number of draft picks that they have and how many players usually end up on a draft board. Uh, So, for example, in 2014, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Anthony Barr both came in on private visits. Uh, That's Unsurprising. The Vikings, I think, brought in basically every quarterback for a visit. Uh, the real surprising thing was that they brought in Anthony Barr, and then they ended up drafting him. Uh, but in 2015, uh, there's a there's a number of players that we know the Vikings had private visits with that they ended up drafting. Players like Stephon Diggs, Troy Waynes, uh, Anthony Harris, uh, and TJ Clemmings. Uh, those, that's a, a good chunk of the draft picks, plus an undrafted free agent. Uh, in 2016, uh, they brought in uh, you know, Laquan Treadwell, of course. They also brought in Stephen Weatherly, Theon Cochran, who ended up being an undrafted free agent, Moritz Behringer, uh, and uh, Stephen Weatherly. So th- those are players that they ended up you know, prioritizing highly more than other NFL teams did, uh, and they ended up drafting them. In 2017, uh, they brought in Elijah Lee, Pat O'Flynn, Dylan Bradley, an undrafted free agent, or sixth no, an undrafted free agent, and Rodney Adams. Uh, they also uh, had private visits with uh, Julio Johnson, uh, I think, at the Combine, uh, and, uh, and so that, that, that's a good chunk of sort of the middle middle part of the draft for them. Uh, so the Vikings this year uh, have a lot of visits to players in positions of need, but you'll also notice that they didn't have a private visit with Dalvin Cook, uh, a player with a bunch of you know, theoretical off-field questions that needed to be answered at a position of need for the Vikings. Uh, that they ended up drafting. They ended up having a private visit with Kareem Hunt, but they didn't have one with Dalvin Cook, at least as far as we know. Uh, and, that, and that's a situation where maybe they didn't have any contact with him at all because they had done all the research they needed to and they were really confident in his character. Maybe they had a phone call or a Skype call with him. Uh, maybe they had a visit with another Florida State alum. I didn't get to see uh, you know, whether or not they did talk to another Florida State guy. Uh, maybe they only talked to him at his pro day. Maybe they talked to him at his combine and it wasn't widely reported. Uh, so, you know, these visits tell us a little bit, but they don't necessarily tell us a lot. I think if a player comes in for a visit, at least as it you know pertains to the Vikings, there's a much higher than average chance that they'll end up placing that player high on the board and end up drafting him. Uh, so a lot of people know that the Vikings have been prioritizing o- the offensive line. You know, they've been, they've brought in Connor Williams for a visit. They brought in Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame, uh, for a visit. Those kind of make sense. They brought in Frank Ragnow. People know that, uh, for a visit. Well, again, that, that one's free. So I'm not really gonna, uh, you know, put too much weight on that. Although he has been a pretty excellent setter. They brought in Alex Capos, an offensive tackle from Humboldt State all the way in Northern California. They brought him in for a visit. Uh, these these offensive linemen are all players that uh, you know the Vikings can end up adding to the roster. But there's been some speculation, and I'll let Luke talk about it when he's on the show. I think um, in a couple of days from now, uh, talk about alternate draft scenarios where they don't draft an offensive lineman with the first pick. A couple of people that could fit that criteria. You know, some people have been uh, mocking the Vikings as a cornerback. One of the most common ones is Mike Hughes from Central Florida. He came in on a visit too. Uh, and, and Hughes already meets kind of the Vikings criteria for what they tend to look for in a corner. He ran a fast enough 40. Uh, he's got enough length, uh, you know, with, uh, with his arms and his height. Uh, he'd be kind of an interesting add. They brought in Dallas Goddard, uh, like I mentioned, a tight end. Uh, if they go with the tight end in the first round, some people have drafted them. Mike Gusecki. Um Dallas Goddard's another example. He's a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, they might be doing their homework on. They actually even also brought in Jake Wieneke, um, his teammate, Uh, in for a visit. So, you know, you could interpret that as maybe additional interest that they have in Dallas Goddard, or maybe that are individually interested in both Weineke uh, and Goddard, although they might be scared off of Weineke. He ran a pretty slow 40. Uh, The Vikings tend to have drafted players that have been really athletic until it came to Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell hasn't worked out. Uh, So they'd have to be really, really confident in Jake Weineke uh, for, uh, for them to be all that interested. But they have, you know, they have, a. if you take a look at some of these second-round guys, uh, there's, a, there's a diversity of options. Uh, they've got a couple of receivers, not just Jake Wineke, but they brought in, you know, Anthony Miller, Dante Pettis. Uh, they brought in Jordan Lasley, a wide receiver from UCLA. Uh, receivers that are expected to kind of go in the middle of, uh, middle of the draft, you know, second, third, fourth round, probably third or fourth round for most of those guys. Uh, and uh, they're bringing in some defensive players. Now we know they brought in Nathan Shepherd for a visit. This is a guy that uh, you know at three technique. It's not a particularly deep position in the draft. It's somebody that they might be prioritizing uh, somewhere in the second round. There's even some steam that Nathan Shepherd could go somewhere in the first round. If the Vikings, you know, they've got a one-year contract in Children Richardson, they don't have a ton of depth at defensive tackle. They may end up going defensive tackle a little bit earlier. Uh, there's also players that uh, you know kind of complement each other in kind of really weird ways. So both uh, North Carolina State uh, skill position players that people have been looking at, Jalen Samuels uh, and uh, Naheem Hines, uh, the guy who ran a four three eight, both of them could probably fit the Jarek McKinnon role uh, pretty well. Both of them came in for a visit as well. Uh, so you know there's 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 a lot to I think be gleaned from these visits, but. Not so much that I think we should reduce our understanding of what the Vikings draft board is going to be based off of their visits. And There are players that they've talked to that they didn't bring in on visits. Uh, For example, they talked to Billy Price at the Combine. They talked to Kyle Aleta at the Senior Bowl. They talked to Harrison Phillips at the Senior Bowl. Uh, They talked to Mike White at the Combine. Dalton Schultz, another tight end, this one from Stanford. They had a workout with him. Uh, Scott Questenberry, another offensive lineman, they talked to him at the Combine. Uh, There's a lot here that tells us that, you know, the Vikings have maybe a particular type of player that they want to talk about or talk to. Um, but not necessarily that we can limit our understanding of what the Vikings draft board is eventually going to be. A couple of interesting things that I think pop out from the visit. They did bring in P.J. Hall, a defensive tackle from Sam Houston State. He's been kind of getting a lot of buzz super recently. He had a phenomenal workout, one of the better workouts we've seen uh, from a defensive tackle at his pro day. Really great stuff. He kind of fits the athletic requirement to what the Vikings look for uh, in a defensive tackle. So I wouldn't be surprised if they prioritized him in some way, uh, just because... They do need depth at defensive tackle. He is one of those kind of rare athletes at defensive tackle that you you usually see drafted in the first or second round. He's probably still going to be available. Uh, he was super productive when he was there at Sam Houston State. You just have to ask, like, hey, he's a, an FCS player. How is that going to translate? Um, but, you know, they brought in, uh, I wish I knew how to pronounce this guy's name, an Oklahoma receiver. I think he ran a 4 uh, at his uh, at his pro day. cost a lot of buzz. Jeff bidet bat it i'm not quite sure it's an oklahoma receiver i uh, didn't get a ton of receiving yards even though baker mayfield was there uh, i guess mark andrews and cd lamb were sucking up kind of all the targets um but he's a potential kick returner for the vikings and that's something that naheem hines and jalen samuels also potentially do uh for them um I think that if you take a look, what's kind of most interesting to me is if you take a look at the players that but potentially play on the edge, they're all these kind of middle round guys that generally have really good flexibility. They don't necessarily have a ton of power. They don't necessarily have the greatest injury history. Uh, they don't necessarily have you know, the greatest technical ability, but they all have a lot of flexibility at the edge. And a lot of that's translatable into combine scores. Uh, and the guys I kind of want to point out, so they brought in, uh, I think they brought in uh, Kamoko Ture and Uchenna Nwosu, uh, who are these kind of 3-4 offensive, uh, you know, uh, outside linebackers uh, slash edge rushers. They brought in Lorenzo Carter from Georgia, another kind of 3-4 edge rusher. And they also brought in. They also uh, had individual discussions with Marquise Haynes at the Senior Bowl. Uh, they talked to Kylie Fitz. Uh, who uh, who tested through the roof. He's kind of like, I think, a prototypical Vikings pick in the mid rounds. Uh, don't be surprised if the Vikings in the middle of the draft uh, decide to uh, end up going for a, a defensive end or an edge rusher, despite the fact that they're already good there, uh, because they want a long-term answer to what's happening with Everson Griffin. They want some competition with Tayshon Bauer and Steven Weatherly, uh, both guys who also tested through the roof and kind of have a long-term bookend to pair with Daniil Hunter as well as additional depth as as time goes on because they've always drafted, uh, you know, those super athletic edge rushers uh, as, as constant kind of insurance uh, going through, and they don't really spend high draft picks on those guys because they've always been able to spend third and fourth round uh, draft picks. Uh, and, and get production there. Now, it's a little bit cheating. They did trade a first round for Jared Allen, and, and he kind of manned the position for a long time, so they didn't need to spend a first-round pick. Uh, but for the most part, the Vikings have been pretty happy getting third- and fourth-round guys, maybe a sixth-round guy in Stephen Weatherly, you know, a drafted guy in Tayshon Bauer, as long as they kind of fit the athletic requirements. And players like Kylie Fitz, Echenna Nawosu, uh, they all fit that. Marquise Haynes, uh, I, I don't recall his testing off the top of my head, but he's got a lot of bend. Uh, another guy to think about who is at the Senior Bowl, who might end up going high, who I don't have on the Vikings kind of contact list, is a Gabonio Coronquo from uh, from Oklahoma. Anyway, those are the guys that the Vikings have talked to. Some of these guys the Vikings are probably not interested in at all or as a result of the talk that they've had are less interested in than they normally would have been. Uh, some of these guys are guys you totally would have expected. Connor Williams, Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackles. Makes a lot of sense. They talked to Billy Price uh, at the uh, at the Combine. That makes a lot of sense. They talked to Frank Now They brought him in for a visit. Brian Allen, a center from Michigan State. Uh, that all makes a ton of sense. Scott Questenberry, UCLA. They talked to him at the Combine. They also probably you know, kept an eye on him at the Senior Bowl, which is kind of interesting because they weren't there for the first day of the Senior Bowl because they were dealing with uh, with a playoff loss that occurred right before it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that for some teams, keeping track of who uh, they visit with, who they bring in for private workouts, all that, I think for some teams that's not great. I think it's kind of a lost cause. I think for the Vikings, I think it gives you a little bit more information. Uh, and so just to round out that list so you all have a, a really good idea of who they visited with. I already mentioned Williams, McGlinchey, and Hughes, and Ronnie Harrison, Dallas Goddard. But they also visited with Justin Reed, Anthony Miller, Lorenzo Carter, Nathan Shepard, Dante Pettis, Echanan Komoko Kamoko Touré, uh, Holton Hill. Uh, I already mentioned Alex Kappa, Jalen Samuels, Naeem Hines, Jordan Lasley, Jack Cicci, Jake Weineke, P.J. Hall, Devonte Harris, a cornerback from Illinois State, uh, Quentin Poling, uh, and Matthew Gano, a guard from uh, from Wesley, who I've never heard of. Uh, those are the guys that the Vikings have had some contact with uh, they they range the the draft some of those guys are going to go in the first round before the Vikings even have the opportunity to draft them some of them are going to go undrafted uh, and the Vikings are going to be able to kind of contact them uh, that might even be kind of they might even be able to use that as kind of a recruiting pitch for undrafted free agents um, but those are the guys to, to maybe keep an eye on throughout the draft process if you only wanted to look at a couple of college players, uh, in preparation for the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, then, uh, then there's your list, you know, those guys. Um, so you can find, uh, all the Lockdown Podcasts at LockdownVikings.com. Uh, Sam Ekstrom normally is the host, and I'm sure he's a lot more structured and a lot more charismatic, and I'm sure you can't wait to get him back, but right now he's in Ireland, so you can't. Uh, you can follow me at NFL. You can follow, uh, Luke, Luke Spinman, or Luke Inman is gonna host a host an episode in a couple of days with me uh at luke underscore spinman uh and you can follow our work at zonecoverage.com